Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here today with a special episode about the anti-racism movement. And this is actually a video that I recorded um, to share on social media and our YouTube channel, but I wanted to also release it here because I, I don't know, it really just shares some of my my heart, some of my concern, and I, what I hope will be um, some comments that are helpful for you. So I'm going to go ahead and play that for you now. Hi, everyone. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit today about just everything that's been going on, and particularly in relationship to the anti-racism movement that is really rising up in these last few weeks. And I don't know, I have so much that is on my heart. I haven't said a lot yet because I've been listening, I've been considering, and I don't know. There's so much to say, but so much I still don't understand. Uh, But I was really encouraged um, recently uh, by someone who recommended that you don't wait until you have all the answers to, to start talking about it. And so I wanted to just kind of share some thoughts openly with all of you. And I want to start by saying, first of all, I am so thankful for every single member of our Teach for the Heart community. And first of all, to those of you that are minorities that are part of our group, we are so glad to have you. We are thankful for your voice. And we pray that this will continue. I hope that it has been. And if not, I hope even more in the future that it will be a place where you feel welcomed and comfortable and are able to contribute because we greatly appreciate you. And I just want you to know that. Um, This video, though, is more going to be for particularly, obviously, I'm white. And what I wanted to record this video for is other white teachers who in particular might feel confused by this whole thing and might be wondering, what what is this? Why, why is this such a big thing? You know, they, you might just be confused. And I will admit, I've been confused a lot over the past few years. And I have so much more to learn. And I'm going to apologize up front. I am sure I'm going to say something wrong in this video. And I apologize for that up front. Um, I am just barely starting to understand, like, the surface of all these things. And so, but like I said, I didn't want to wait. If I wait until I understand it fully, I've waited long enough. I've been trying to understand these things for a few years now. And I, I think I've waited long enough to start talking about it, because I really do think part of the answer is talking about it. At least that's the start of the answer. So so here goes. (laughs) This video is for those of you that are confused. So here's just a few things that I've been learning. Number one, there is a problem. And I think that's actually, (laughs) that's where we have to start is by realizing that there is a problem. And I think that a lot of us either, we honestly didn't realize there was a problem or we didn't want to realize that there was a problem. And I think it's honestly comes from, it comes from good intentions. It comes from the fact that in our lives, I I, I guess I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. Race is not a huge part of how I look at the world. When I see a white person or a black person or a Hispanic person, 
that is not the first thing I notice about them. I guess I notice race like I might notice that I'm Italian and my husband's Ukrainian, but it's not a huge part of the way I view the world. And I know for a lot of you, that's the way it is too. You know, when you have a student, when you look at your students, you don't consciously think much about what their race is or isn't. Um, and so because of that, we, we, and maybe even our circle of influence, the people that were around also feel like that. You know, we feel like we love everybody. We, we want to help everybody. At least that's our goal is to love everybody, to be there for everybody, to support everybody, to, to point everyone to Jesus. And so because that's our experience and, and hopefully it's also the experience of our church community or our close friends, it's easy to think that that's how it is everywhere. But the reality that I'm starting to see, and maybe you're starting to see too, is that that's not the case for everybody. That's not how it is everywhere. And, you know, the fact that we don't have to think about race very much is actually, that's actually what people mean when they use the term white privilege. That term is really confusing, at least it was for me when I first heard it. It doesn't mean that we as white people don't have problems or that everything is handed to us. But what it means is that we have the privilege of not really having to be concerned about our race. The fact that our race doesn't actually affect us very much. And the reality is that that's not everybody's experience. There's a lot of people in America that that's not their experience. And this is hard for us to accept at first because it's not the way we want things to be. We don't want things to be that way. We want it to be that everyone is accepted equally. And so I think there's just a natural resistance to that. Like, no, 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 like that is how it is. But I think what's been happening is really, I hope, opening our eyes. Like, it's not just about one incident that happened. It's not just about the tragic murder of George Floyd. That was one, if that was the, an isolated incident, this movement would not be happening. That is just one poignant example of what has been going on without us realizing it. And I feel, when I think about it, I want to cry because, I don't know, like we, it, it's been happening. You know, we, we watch, we, we think about slavery and we think about the civil rights movement and we look back on that and we think, how could we let this happen? You know, we weren't there, but like, how, how could we treat each other that way? And it's really tough to see that maybe we haven't moved on from that as much as we thought we had. But I think, but it, but we haven't. I mean, how can we, and just because we don't see that, just because we don't experience that doesn't mean it's not happening. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. And I'm starting, I'm starting to just barely start to see that. And so I think that if you've been, if you've been, and I've been, like I said, if you're feeling that natural resistance, like, man, I don't want, I don't want to believe this. I don't want to, I don't want to think this way about my country, about my fellow citizens. Like, then just, I just want to encourage you to try to put aside defensiveness and just start listening. And this is something I've started to do over the past couple of years. You know, when I hear something, instead of just immediately saying, oh, that's not true, I've, 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 listened and tried to think about it. And as I said, I'm still just barely even starting to understand these things, but I'm I'm starting to see because I'm trying to listen. And I think it has if if, if you're completely confused, I would just op- 
I encourage you to at least open your mind and start to listen and and talk to your to your black friends, to the people that are in your church and just ask them about their experience. You know, say, what has your experience been? And remember that not everyone's experience is the same. When I talk to different people, I get very different experiences. OK, so it's not like one African-American represents everybody. OK, but talk to different people and and start to get their experiences and just start to listen to what they have to say. So that's one thing I'm realizing there there is a problem. Second thing I'm realizing, because there is a problem, it's not enough to just not be racist. We need to actively be anti-racist. Here's what I mean by that. I think a lot of times, at least I know I in the past, have thought that the best approach to fighting racism is basically just to take race out of it, right? So like we just treat everyone the same, we don't seek out a particular race, but we don't discriminate against like it's just it's just kind of we can ignore race. The best way to fight racism is to ignore race. And I'm realizing that that's not true. Like that is only true if racism is no longer a problem. <laughs> but it is still a problem. So because it is a problem, it's not enough for us as Christians to just sit by and just say, "Well, I don't discriminate." And I and that's not enough. That would be a little bit because there's a problem. That's a little bit like if we were back in the days of slavery just saying, "Well, because I don't own slaves, I don't need to be an abolitionist." Right? Like every Christian back in those days I would pray and hope, should have been an abolitionist. So it's not enough for us to just sit by and just say, well, I'm not racist. We need to look for ways to participate in being anti-racist. And when I, you know, when I think there's so much to say on this, and I'm only scratching the surface, but as I thought about this this morning in particular, I was thinking, what would God have from us? And a few verses came to mind. One verse is, you know, God says to us, Jesus says to us, you know, our, the first commandment is to love the Lord your God. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And then in First John, it says, let us not love in word and tongue, but in deed and truth. So loving our African-American and other minority neighbors means doing more than just saying that we support them. It means looking for ways to actually make a difference. And I don't know how all that works yet, but I'm going to be looking for ways to do that. And, and I think we can too. And as teachers, we are uniquely positioned to really make a difference. We are helping raise the next generation, not just of our own children in our own homes, but in school every day. And so we have the opportunity to have these conversations with students to shape the narrative of the next generation, to raise a generation of kids that thinks about these things way differently. And once again, I think the key is not just ignoring race, but actually like doing that hard work of like realizing this is a problem. So we can't just skirt around it. We have to go through it. And like I said, I don't know how this, I, I really, I want to be committed here at Teach for the Heart to come back to these issues, not just now when it's popular, but over and over again over the coming years to explore them in different nuances. And I hope you guys will hold me accountable to do that. But anyhow, I'm getting off track. There's a lot we can do. And I think if we open our minds to it and we're looking for it, we're going to start seeing those opportunities and just pray that God would give us the courage to speak when we see something, to to just say something, when we when we see racism, to speak up against it, to not let it go unchecked 
And, and I think that's really important. You know, another thing I've been thinking about, you know, as I thought, what would God have for us is the fact that um, I've, I've read, in reading the prophets, God really condemns the nation of Israel for their lack of justice and the leaders because they're unjust to the poor, to to, to various people in their in their um, society. And I think that seeking justice for others is really, really important. It's a core Christian virtue that we are seeking justice um, for others. And keep in mind that this is a third thing that I've learned, <laughs> that it doesn't have to be either or. I think one of the pushbacks, um, particularly in recent days, have been like, well, if we support Black Lives Matter, does that mean that we're saying we don't support the police? And that is not at all true. Um, I love Ben Watson talks about this in his book, Under Our Skin. He talks about the both and. And meaning we can't, there's so many, and this is applicable to so many issues in society. When you understand this concept, you will see it everywhere. So many things in society we view as either or, okay? You're either for Black Lives Matter or you're for the police. That is not true. It can and must be both and. We need to be supportive of the police, thankful for the police, thankful that they protect us, but at the same time against racism in police departments, okay? we It has to be both. Um, it needs to be both. It does not have to be either or. And this applies to so many other things as well. Um, so when you find yourself saying, you know, hey, this... It, this is applies so many places, but you'll see it. When you find yourself saying, okay, this is maybe true, but this is more important, it's not an either or, okay? They can both be true side by side. Um, if you, you know, don't, don't deflect against something that is true or something that you can change just because there's something more important. I've seen this with, I've seen this also, I've seen comments on social media recently with people saying, well, what about abortion? You know, you care about black lives, what about abortion? Listen. Those are, they're both really important. Like abortion is like, abortion and slavery are our nation's two most heinous sins as a nation that we have been and are guilty of, okay? They're both horrible, okay? But just because abortion is horrible doesn't mean this isn't horrible. Racism, the, the racism that, that remains isn't horrible. They're both horrible and they're both worth fighting against. So fighting like, for um, justice and against racism does not in any way detract from fighting against abortion and the killing of innocents. And I think actually, I think they actually can tie beautifully together and they should tie beautifully together. So embrace the both and. You'll start to see it if you start opening your eyes to that. Okay, one final thought as I was considering all this and just kind of a word of encouragement is I really think in all of this, we cannot lose sight of Jesus. And what I mean by that, this is another both and. Um, we can't forget that Jesus is the ultimate answer. Jesus in the Bible, I just shared with you verses about how God calls us to seek justice. But we also have to recognize that we will never have a perfectly just society until King Jesus reigns on earth. And I don't know about you, but I can you imagine how amazing that will be when Jesus' perfect justice, when he is in charge and everything is under his righteous rule? I mean, we will finally reach the place that we all want to be at. So we have to, we have to keep in mind that Jesus is the answer, that all the things we so desperately want will never find their true completion apart from him. But 
that once again, that doesn't mean that it's an either or. It's not, well, because we'll only find this in Jesus, we don't do anything. No, Jesus has called us to recognize that he is the answer, but to also work to promote as much justice and love and mercy. I just keep thinking that verse. It's on repeat in my head. Seek justice, love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. And so it's both. We must take every opportunity to point people to Jesus. We must not forget that he is the ultimate answer. Um, that any justice we seek that doesn't include him you know, is is progress, but we still lost the soul. We have to always remember that. But that does not in any way detract from the importance of this movement. And, and I think they they shouldn't be in either or. They they should they should walk beautifully hand in hand together. All right, I think I've said enough. I'm just going to give you one recommendation of a follow on Instagram. Look up the And campaign. Um, this is an organization ma- mo- mostly run by African Americans, and um, but they coordinate beautifully. It's just a beautiful other perspective. They embrace the concept of the both and. Um, and they are a Christian organization. And they just, honestly, I've been following them for a while. And it, their views are different than mine politically. And I think that's really helpful. And they're really all about helping us step out of our politics and embrace Christianity. Um, and to realize that there's bo- like the both and. And just to see things from a Christian perspective versus a liberal or a democratic or a left and right. Uh, to really take our Christianity and have it impact our politics and impact how we engage with issues like this. So I highly recommend that follow. Okay, I think we've said enough for today. Um, but I hope, as I said, to come back to this topic uh, in different forms and in hopefully more helpful forms um, many times in the coming months and years. Uh, In the meantime, let's close today with a word of prayer. Father, thank you that you love us. Thank you for the beautiful diversity you've created in in your world, diversities of culture and and ethnicities and race and personality. And I just pray that you will please open our eyes to the part you would have each of us to play. Help us show, show us your heart. Show us the struggles of those around us that we haven't seen. Show us what you would have us to do today, tomorrow, next month, next year. And I pray that you would use, Father, you have, you have done, you, you are working this year. This is a year none of us will forget. And I just pray that you will, you will affect lasting change, Father, in our nation and in our hearts. Uh, may, may we turn towards each other, but may we also turn towards you. And realize that you are the answer that we need. That it is through it is through your son, Jesus Christ, that our hearts can truly be cleansed. That we can truly love our neighbors the way that we should. And then I pray for those of us that are redeemed, that you would really show us what that means. Show us what that looks like day in and day out. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I look forward to being with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep trusting. You really are making a difference.